We just had a Spanish protest against COVID restrictions. Stay tuned to find out how that is linked to disinformation later in the show. Hi, Diva. Hi. So what's on our agenda for today? I was thinking of trying something new. Like what? I thought, uh, you know, we've been reading some articles lately, and I thought, why don't we just share them with our listeners? So were you thinking of a, a sort of a press roundup? We might just call it our quarterly press review. Yeah, that sounds great. So quarterly means we'll be doing this at the end of September. Yes, that sounds about right. Welcome to the inoculation. In this episode, we'll take a look at some articles, a new European survey on vaccine hesitancy, including how social media use is related to fears about COVID vaccines. And we'll also recommend a new podcast by American researchers later on in the show. Okay, so let's start. Oh, I think this is a good time to tell our listeners about our newsletter, Inoculated. Oh, Inoculated. I just, I love that name. So we're going to be sending out our newsletter once a week. And in the newsletter, we'll curate the week's most important news on COVID disinformation. So please go to our website and sign up. Did you put the link in the show notes, Diva? Yes. So let's start with a bit of news that ties into our previous episode, Slovakia and Russian disinformation. Right. In that episode, we saw how disinformation spread by media services linked to the Russian government might be backfiring. Isn't that right? Right. It looks like undermining trust in Western vaccines undermines trust in all vaccines, right? That's what Olga Dobrovidova told us. So here we have Russia moving to a vaccine mandate in a number of sectors. Authorities in four Russian regions have made coronavirus vaccines mandatory recently for workers in some sectors. These industries are education, healthcare, public transportation, beauty, entertainment. So basically industries in which people are in close contact with each other. So this is a part of an effort to boost the country's low immunization rates as COVID-19 infections continue to soar, according to the Associated Press. Exactly. And as always, the link will be in the show notes. Yes, of course. Oh, isn't it really ironic seeing that Moscow's disinformation apparatus was spreading false information on the virus just last spring? Take a listen to our episode six to hear more about it. Yes, indeed, many experts have told us so. Anyway, up next is an EU survey called Living, Working and COVID-19. Mental health and trust decline across the EU as pandemic enters another year. Okay, so very basically, the EU looked at how Europeans are feeling a year into the pandemic. Okay, I'm just looking through this survey and I see that they're covering a lot of ground. Let's just take a look at the vaccine hesitancy numbers. So the top line finding is that over a quarter of people, so one in four Europeans, indicate that they might be hesitant towards COVID-19 vaccines, with men being slightly more hesitant, almost a third than women, which is a quarter. What the report also found is that there's a link with low levels of trust in government and social media use with countries that have 
the lowest level of trust in government, also seeing higher levels of vaccine hesitancy, which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, this is what we've been finding since we started looking at measles vaccination, right? Right. Oh, let's look at the numbers a bit more. So when social media is a primary source of news, the level of vaccine hesitancy goes up to 40% or 4 in 10. That's a lot. And a lot of people get their news from social media where I live. What I also thought was really interesting was that some personal experience of COVID-19, such as knowing somebody who died of the disease, reduces vaccine hesitancy greatly, which also kind of makes sense. So looking at those numbers, only one in five of those who have been close to the disease are hesitant to take a vaccine. And for those who don't, it's almost one in three or 28%. That's really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. Although I guess we would need to, to look country by country how this plays out. Yes, exactly. And the study is in our show notes, so you can look at how your country is doing. And speaking of social media, I stumbled across a new podcast called Does Not Compute, which is hosted by researchers at the Center for Information Technology and Public Life at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I've linked to their website. So what they say, this is really interesting, I think. They said they'll be talking about identity and disinformation. How do the communities that we're in shape what we search for, share on social media, and even believe? And how do malicious actors manipulate our identities to promote their ideologies? And what role do big tech platforms play in spreading disinformation? And how can they help address the problem? That sounds interesting. Yes, I really think it does. And I think I'm going to be listening to that podcast. What else did you think was interesting? Oh, here's an interesting piece by Coda Story titled, Who is Behind Spanish Telegram's Storm of COVID-19 Disinformation? Oh, and what could it be? Oh, I think we know, but let's take a look at the story. Okay, and looking at the story, they say that New research shows that COVID-19 skepticism in Spain has been fueled by misleading fake stories spread online by right-wing sympathizers, anti-establishment activists, and conspiracy theorists. It can be traced back to a complex web of sources, including Latin American media outlets, oh, our friends in the Russian disinformation networks, and Chinese dissidents. You know, this is something that we've seen in Germany, too. There's been a lot of fake news and misleading information, so the major social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, have, you know, tried to shut down COVID-19 denialist content. That's what they call deplatforming, right? Right, exactly. But we've also seen, especially in Germany, where I live, that this has just kind of moved a lot of the vaccine skeptics to the messaging service Telegram. So Coda Story says that Telegram was already popular in Spain, and during the pandemic, it's become a haven for coronavirus denialism. The Coda Story report, together with a Spanish newspaper, analyzed 60 channels on Spanish Telegram, and they've seen that they've grown rapidly over the past year. 
some with hundreds of thousands of followers. And another thing that I think is really interesting is that the volume of Spanish language content produced by Russia Link Media is massive. RT and Sputnik have a combined following of more than 26 million, substantially more than their English language counterparts, which have 19 million followers, and even their Russian ones. Okay, the article also said that Spanish content attracts more interactions and engagement than in other languages, especially if it was related to Russia's Sputnik V vaccine. Sputnik, our old friend, it's time to play a clip from episode six, isn't it? They didn't name it Sputnik for nothing, right? They're trying to win a race, essentially. I found some interesting research by First Draft News. They looked at vaccine disinformation in West Africa, which, you know, is a region we haven't talked about at all. So they did a really deep dive and found that our Russian friends, pro-Russian disinformation networks and American anti-science websites are pushing anti-vaccine content to West African Facebook pages and groups. Oh, and networks of French disinformation websites are playing a crucial role in enabling this content to reach West African social media. So it's coming from all directions. Yes, that's what it really looks like. They also found that North American and European conspiracy theories are reaching both Anglophone and Francophone West Africa on social media, and they're a key feature of online vaccine misinformation in the region. Foreign disinformation and conspiracy theories are building on pre-existing anti-vaccine tropes in the region. Okay, what do they mean by tropes? Oh, so these are the stories that claim that institutions connected to vaccines can't be trusted, specifically that uh, the United Nations, the World Health Organization and Bill Gates are corrupt and uh, are seeking to harm everyone according to their, these theories. Uh, this is interesting because mistrust in institutions is a topic that came up in the EU survey we talked about earlier, isn't it? Yeah, it, it keeps coming back. What the first draft news report also found was that online actors based in West Africa are using sophisticated techniques to spread these anti-vaccine conspiracy theories. Do they say what kind of techniques they use? Yeah, something I'd never heard before is pre-posting. That's an interesting term. So different web links are spread in near simultaneous manner across multiple Facebook groups. And then they also have this thing called copy pasta, where multiple users copy and paste a social media post and then they republish it. And uh, these posts in some in instances spread simultaneously on multiple platforms. Oh, is copy pasta a real term? Let me just check. Oh, it is. I've never heard of that before. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's, I think in addition to the press roundups, we, we will soon have to do a glossary. <laughs> okay, and before we go, I'd like to recommend a long-form portrait of Heidi Larson in The New Yorker. It's online. Uh, the link is in our show notes, and I believe it's been taken from behind the paywall, so it's free to access, which is always good to know. So Larson, who's a professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, studies vaccine rumors, how they start, why some grow, why others die down. 
Um, and she's been doing this for about 20 years and might be one of the people who's been studying vaccine rumors for the longest amount of time. And um, the article is really beautifully written, and I can only recommend it as a weekend read or a vacation read for anyone who's interested in anti-vaccination, uh, conspiracy theories, rumors, um, and disinformation. And she has a book out. Exactly, she does. It was published last year. It's called Stuck. Um, it's uh, published by the Oxford University Press. We're linking to that page in the note. So it looks like that's it for today. So yeah, so these were our recommendations for things to read and listen and think about. Exactly. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, Inoculated. The link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Our reporting is supported by journalismfund.eu, Media Lab Bayern, and Topfish Stiftung. We'll be back in two weeks. Bye for now.